So I want to start off today with a story about something that happened to me last week. I was at the park with my kids. As we were getting ready to, ready to leave, I noticed that there was another mother there. She had four young kids with her. They were doing what kids do, running all over the place, climbing the pirate ship, tumbling, energetic. She was trying to get them all on their way home. She'd call out their names and the kids would come, but there was always someone missing. There came a point in this whole holler and wait game when the tenor of the mom's voice seemed to shift. It moved from a pleading, we have to get going kind of tone to a I'm getting angry tone. I hate to admit, I've used that tone once or twice in my life. But as an outsider, I could see that the kids weren't trying to be naughty. They'd arrive at their mom's side, see that their siblings weren't ready to go, and go back out to play. But when it's six at night, you need to get dinner ready, you're doing it all on your own, and you just had a fight with your ex on your phone in the middle of the park, well, patience isn't always there. The mom lost her temper and let the kids know it. She blamed them for making her miss the bus. She was starting to get rough, pulling them this way and that. And the kids looked scared. And I, I didn't know what to do. I was scared. I was scared to not do anything, to not say anything, to have these four little children see me just sit there and let it happen. I was scared to have my own kids see me not do anything. And I was afraid of embarrassing the mom. Lord knows, I have had a few bad mothering moments myself. I know it feels awful when that happens. How much worse would it be to have some person you don't even know call you on your behavior? They weren't my kids, right? What would happen if she got really mad at me? What if I made her so angry that when she got home, she really laid into the kids? How could I be an ally to them in that moment? How could I stand with that family, speaking up on behalf of the four kids and that one frustrated mom all at the same time? What could I do? How could I walk with them, help share their burden, show them compassion? What would it take to be their ally? Whether at a park or hearing an off-color joke at a dinner party, we've all had an experience like that, right? An experience where you feel like you should do something, but you just aren't sure what that something should be. So today, we're continuing the summer sermon series that we're calling Standing on the Side of Love. We're taking the summer to really dig into what Unitarian Universalists are trying to do all over the country. To remember that love is stronger than hate, that when we put our faith into action, we can change the course of history. Maybe you know that the Standing on the Side of Love campaign emerged after a gunman walked into the Tennessee Valley UU Church and tried to bring violence and despair into a hopeful community. He targeted that church because of its liberal stand on theology and social issues, including welcoming GLBT people. Although two people died that day, hate did not have the last word. That congregation and UUs all over the country responded by creating the Standing on the Side of Love campaign. Ruth McKenzie, who is our Director of Worship Arts, wrote about this 
in our last newsletter. She said, standing on the side of love is more than a slogan. It's living out the principles of our Unitarian Universalist faith. Standing on the side of love is more than a warm and cuddly catchphrase. It's putting our bodies, our minds, our hearts on the side of the inherent worth and dignity of every person and working for justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. It means growing into love's people. And today, as thousands and thousands of Unitarian Universalists from all over the nation gather at our denomination's General Assembly in Phoenix to stand on the side of love around immigration rights and reform, and today, as thousands and thousands of GLBT individuals and families and straight allies celebrate pride, well, I thought today would be just the day to reflect on being an ally, one of the ways that we stand on the side of love. Do you know, have you heard the story of Ruth and Naomi from the Hebrew Bible? Some, some yes, some no. Well, here it is. The book of Ruth tells the story of an Israelite family from Bethlehem that had emigrated to the nearby country of Moab. Naomi was the matriarch of the family, and her husband died, making her a widow. After his death, her sons married two Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah. After the death of both of her sons, Naomi decided to return to her people in Bethlehem. The younger women, who were now widows as well, wanted to stay, but Naomi demanded her daughters-in-law return to their families and planned to make the trip to Bethlehem alone. She said, No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Have you felt those moments of despair? when it really, truly feels like the world is against you, God has turned against you, that you are as far down as a person can go, and you're going to stay there. That's just about the loneliest place you can be, and that's what Naomi was saying to her daughters-in-law. Go away I'm already alone, I'm beaten down, it's not going to get better, so just go away. Orpah reluctantly left. But Ruth, seeing her mother-in-law at her lowest, at her most bitter and angry and fed up with the world, didn't turn away. Ruth could have noticed how different Naomi was. They weren't even from the same tribe. But Ruth pleaded with her mother-in-law, saying, do not press me to leave you or turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. I imagine Naomi, who lost all that grounded her, feeling alone, tired, and scared. But then Ruth steps up to be her ally. It wasn't going to be easy for Ruth to leave her land and all she knew, to move to a people who weren't her own, to step into a future she couldn't see. But just as I'm sure you've all been in a moment when you felt like you wanted to act but didn't know how, you've certainly also seen someone who you wanted to help so badly you'd do almost anything. 
Ruth sees Naomi at her most broken and turns toward her and says, Don't tell me to leave you. Remember the poem I started with? I want to be famous in the way a pulley is famous or a buttonhole. Not because it did anything spectacular, but because it never forgot what it could do. What is it we can do? Isn't it funny how sometimes we feel like we need to save the entire world when all that moment really needs is someone to step up as an ally? In the book of Ruth, there are a number of moments when the most heroic act is simply the act of loving kindness, compassion, alliance. Ruth walks with Naomi. She says, I see your pain, I see your anger, but I'm going to stay here with you. Loving kindness is one way to be famous. We don't need to save the world. We just need not forget what we can do. Ruth and Naomi and the millions of stories of everyday people stepping up to walk with those who need an ally remind me of all we can do. While being an ally can most certainly be a political act, it's also the spiritual practice of opening our hearts to another's pain, of seeing their experience and helping them carry their burden. This is a spiritual practice that will change our lives and the world more than any other act. And, judging by my response to the mother and children in the park, I need some practice. In his poem, Like You, the poet Roque Dalton writes, Poetry, like bread, is for everyone. My veins don't end in me, but in the unanimous blood of those who struggle for life, love, little things, landscape, and bread. Poetry is for everyone. What would the world look like if everyone recognized my veins don't end in me, but in the unanimous blood of those who struggle for life, love, little things? Religious teachers the world over have understood that the way to build heaven on earth is to understand that we are one human family. They taught that it's a spiritual act, a countercultural act to have compassion particularly for the marginalized and those in pain. Jesus did it. Buddha did it. Poetry is for everyone. This is the universalist spirit, the universalist message of love and hope. This is what Unitarian Universalism teaches us. We are all beloved on this earth. We're all worthy, no matter our color, economic circumstance, sexual orientation, or religious affiliation. We are one human family who share a unanimous blood and struggle for life. This is what we need to remember when we're unsure of how to be an ally. And I think that First Universalist helps people lodge that idea so deeply into our hearts that when we go out into the world, we know what we can do. And yet there are moments, like last week at the park, when you don't know what to do. I could have offered the family a ride or given them some money for a cab, but that wasn't the point. I could have called to let the authorities handle it, but that didn't seem right either. What I wish I would have done would have been to say to the mom, wow, kids can be frustrating. Can I help you? Or to the kids, 
sweeties, would you go to your mom now? Looks like she's getting frustrated. I don't want you to get yelled at because you look like such good, nice kids. Or anything, anything really, that would let that family in their moment of crisis know that I was there with them, seeing them, ready to help, to share their trouble. But I didn't do any of those things. I watched and my heart broke for them all. So, I've been thinking a lot about what the actual steps are to practice being an ally, and I thought I'd share them with you just in case some of you are unsure at times about how to step in when you see injustice or pain. And here's what I came up with. First, imagine. Imagine Naomi alone and afraid. Imagine the kids at the park needing somebody to stand up for them. Imagine the mother needing someone to help her when she was at her breaking point. And today, I'm going to ask you to imagine being a person who's afraid to let others know who you love for fear of hatred, violence, or exclusion. Now imagine being a gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender person who has moved beyond that fear to a place in your life where you're out and brave enough to say to the world, some of whom are cruel to you, that you are the person you are, you love the person you love, and you'd like to be married. Maybe you're tired. Maybe it's been a long fight for your whole life just to get to the place you are now. What would you need from your ally? How might an ally offer you loving kindness? How might they help carry your burden when you're too tired to fight? So the first step in being an ally is to imagine. The second step is to ask. Ask the person whose experience you've imagined what they really need. Say, hey, it looks like you're struggling here. Is that true? Can I help you in some way? First step, imagine. Second step, ask. And the third step in being an ally is to act. You don't need to know exactly what to do. Almost anything can be done that gives the message, I see you. You're human, just like me. I want to walk with you, help carry this load. Did you know, one of the indicators that tells whether or not GLBT people will weather anti-gay rhetoric during a nasty political campaign is if they have a community of straight allies standing with them. It makes sense, right? Doesn't it feel good when you know you've got someone in your corner? There are gestures, big and small, that show that you're with someone. Just don't ignore what you see. What does it mean to you to stand on the side of love? I invite each of you to practice being an ally this week, and I have some ideas about how you can do that. First, easy, fun one. Today, Pride Parade. Come where you're standing on the side of a love t-shirt. They're the yellow ones that you see in the congregation. And celebrate and cheer with other First Universalist allies as we show up to say that we don't think we should write bias and fear into our state constitution. Do that together. Know that we're in community as we stand up as allies. If you're looking for someone to go with, head down to the hub, which is right below us after the service and connect with others heading to the parade. The kids in RE even made signs for you already, so you can pick one up off the stage and head down 
You're all set. But next, I'm going to stretch you a little. The next time you hear someone you know talk about the marriage amendment, you might say, I'm an ally to the GLBT community. My heart tells me to stand with those who are marginalized. I want all the people of this world to know that when they need me, I'm there. We're part of the same human family, and I'm not going to pretend there are separations between us. My veins don't end in me, but in the unanimous blood of those who struggle for life. Poetry is for everyone. The way that we grow into love's people is by standing with the whole human family, rich, poor, black, white, young, transgender, widow, or immigrant, to practice loving kindness to all, even those whom we don't think are like us, is the way to what some call the kingdom of God on earth. Buddha knew it. Jesus knew it. Ruth knew it. And I'm not claiming to be a prophet, but I'm beginning to know it too. Finally, when you think you're all alone in the fight, when it's just you and nobody else seems to be there, Maybe you're in your workplace and somebody says something racist. Maybe you're at a family dinner and your cousin starts telling gay jokes. Maybe you see the police hassling a teenager who's just sitting at a bus stop. Or you're at a playground and you see a mom at the end of her rope and kids who are alone and afraid. When you think you're all alone, imagine me there next to you. Imagine Justin. Look around you right now. Imagine these very gathered people standing behind you. Feel the loving energy that moves between and beyond each person in this room that calls you to be an ally, that calls you to stand for someone or something that needs you in that moment. Say yes to that call, the call to stand on the side of love. May it be so.